Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey everyone, <clears throat> excuse me, welcome to California Haunts Radio tonight. My allergies. Because it's a fake spring here in California, even though now, now that all the little pollen things have started to take hold, now, now it's windy. So now you got the wind blowing. Just like with me, it was so warm in here. If you guys watched the show yesterday and Sunday, the sweat was just pouring off because, you know, it, it was like 75 outside. So I turned around and my furnace is old. So turning it off is, is, is no, it's a, it's a big no. So I went up and turned the vent off. You know, shut the vent down. But I shut the vent down, and now I'm freezing because now today the highest it got. And then you guys are gonna laugh, the back east guys, because <laughs> you know it's gonna sound really wimpy. But uh, <clears throat> it's, it's now like 50, 50 degrees outside, so I'm freezing. You know, with, with the north wind blowing. And I know it's wimpy, but California people, we die at like 65. You know, 65 and lower, we start freezing. And what's funny is if you're like in tropical places where it gets cold sometimes, it doesn't even have to be down in the 60s. It could be like like 72 and 73 and 74 and you're freezing. But I mean, that's what's going on right now. So I had to, I had to open up the vent again. But anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm glad, welcome to the show. And I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so. We've got a really cool show coming up for you. We're going to be talking um, after live communication. And um, I wanted to share something with you before we get really rolling on this show. As everyone knows who listens to the show, my best friend, uh, Monica Funk, who, is all, who was also a producer of the show, passed away last Tuesday. And uh, like everyone else, just like the topic we're going to have tonight, you know, I was trying to talk to her, you know, see if she was still around or what was going on with her. And uh, I was thinking about phone calls from the dead and thinking about text messages and all this other stuff. And, you know, it, just, it was just one of those things. I mean, all, that happened all last week. But anyway... Um, Never look a gift horse in the mouth. Thursday, I managed to get a free a, a free um, personal pizza, just a frozen one. You know, like those things, like the ones you get at the dollar store. Those 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 those, those Celeste ones. You know, they're the combos. That's this was like that, and so I got it, and I didn't give it a. It was in a bag. I didn't give it a second thought, so I just tossed it up in my freezer, and uh, like I said, didn't give it a second thought. So Thursday night, I thought, well, I'm gonna eat the pizza. So I bring it out of the freezer and I, 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 I lay it on my counter and I look at it and my eyes got like saucers. Because when my friend would come visit me here in Sacramento, when she would come visit me, she would always buy me groceries. And in those groceries was always a pizza, a frozen pizza. But it was always a pizza, but it was always the, it was always the same type of pizza. Okay. It was always a large margarita pizza. So lo and behold, I'm looking down at this, this this frozen pizza box, and it's a margarita pizza. Now, coincidence? I don't think so. I mean, one in a million pizzas it could have been from this place, this distribution place, and it was a margarita pizza. So she was telling me that, hey, I'm still here. I'm okay. I got, you know, I gave you this pizza. So things like that do happen when somebody dies. You have to, you, you have to be, I, I think, open to it. Or if you're too despondent, it's not gonna. It, it, it'll take a while, 
until you're ready to have things like that happen. I know my dog, when she passed away on December 26th, I was despondent again. And on December 27th, she came to me in a dream right away, showing me how healthy she was. You know, and this is a dog that was a rescue, and we kind of had a love, a love-hate thing going on. You know, where I was more, I was more stern with her than I was with my other dogs because I was trying to, you know, make sure she didn't bite me or anybody else. But I mean, it shocked me to see her that soon. It made me feel great. I felt great after I saw her, and she was jumping all over me in my dream old, old deal. Now I had another dog that I had had for 15 years. We were, we were, we were real tight, and after she passed away, it took a month before I saw her in a dream. So, I mean, it doesn't, you know, for everybody, it's, you know, for everybody who passes away and for everybody who's left, who's left here, it's different. I think it depends where, where, where your mental levels are. Of course, this gentleman that we're going to talk to tonight, maybe can clarify a little bit of that for us. But I think it depends whether or not, you know, whether or not mentally you're ready to accept it and accept what, what, what happened, you know, and accept seeing your friend, you know, they're there, but they're not there. They're there in your dreams or whatever, or they're there physically, or the pizza's here or whatever. But you know, you 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 have to accept the fact that okay, this is this is how it's going to be. It's not going to be a hey, I'm here, ring the doorbell thing, right? So anyway, those are my stories. I have other stories about after my mother passed away too, but that's for another show. But those are the those are the most recent ones because if um, what a lot of people don't realize is this last month has been a bear. Um, starting December 26th, my my dog passed away. I lost one. Month. And uh, then right behind that, within about a week, my brother passed away. And then right within a week of that, my uncle passed away. And then two weeks later, my best friend passed, passes away. So it has been a rocky ride for me this last month and a half. So, yeah. So I'm just trying to, even, even now, I'm just trying to wrap my head around all that. But anyway, welcome to the show. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host tonight again for the next hour. We are the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We have branches in Washington. I got to remember now. I can't say Oregon because Monica's gone. We have branches in Washington, Nevada, and Hawaii, as well as California. We're 35 strong here. We're a nonprofit organization. We don't take money to do paranormal investigations. We're just here to help people and to educate people about the paranormal. And that's what this show is about, is to help educate people about the paranormal. Okay. Uh, you can find the the, the uh, group webpage at CaliforniaHaunts.org. And the radio webpage is at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. And for those of you guys listening right now on YouTube, we're looking for subscribers. The more the merrier. So if you would so kindly, you know, if, if you like what you hear today, there's a little ghost down in the right-hand corner that has a uh, Sherlock Holmes hat on and a magnifying glass. And if you click on that, that will make you a subscriber of the show. We have over 170 videos over there, all shows. Plus, if, if you know if you're interested in our archives, you can go to our radio website, you know the, the radio.com, and and check that out because that actually has our blog talk stuff on there. Because we go way back. We just didn't start doing this a year and a half ago, like it shows on YouTube. We go back 15 years of doing shows on Blog Talk Radio as well. So. We've had a lot of cool guests on. We want to keep having a lot of cool guests on, you know. And I'm going to do this earlier in the show than, late, than later because I think people are off. And uh, you see that ticker at the bottom. Well, this is the PBS moment because because we're a, because we're a um, nonprofit. 
we don't get you know i don't have i don't have people paying big bucks to come on the show and i don't pay people big bucks to come on the show so what we do is that it comes out of my pocket so all the computer stuff and all that mics you see lighting everything comes out of my pocket so if something breaks it falls apart i gotta pay for it you know my internet all that stuff so if you guys would be so kind as to donate a little bit to us to keep the show on the air that'd be great because we love doing this i'm a journalist photojournalist by trade so i love bringing guests to the show okay and you can do that at paypal.me at california haunts or if you're uncomfortable with paypal you prefer venmo just go into venmo and type in california haunts you can do it from there i'd really appreciate it to help me keep things going here on the air and keep these guests coming Okay, what are you doing this? What are you doing this weekend? Saturday and Sunday. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be at the Mystical Minds Convention in San Jose. I'm going to be talking about ghost hunting. What else, right? If you guys want to come and meet me, come on down. All right. There's other guests there too that you'll probably recognize the names: Nazir Muhammad Chohan, Lorian Fenton, Brad Olson, Michael Fury, Drake Fury, Tiffany Turner, Robin Korak. Beth Salomon, and Shannon DeFlorentino is going to be there as well. And as you can see by the guests, we're not only talking about ghosties and paranormal, we're talking about Wicca and all that other stuff. So it's, it's going to be a wide-ranging thing. Plus, there's going to be uh, question and answer people, you know, where we're going to sit at tables and you can ask us questions and fire away. So come on down. That's mysticalmindsconvention.com. That's going to be uh, February 19th and 20th in San Jose, California. Okay? All right. Let me do this. Work done. Let me put it over here. Like I keep saying, I want to have that sound like Letterman House where it smashes into a window or something. Tonight's guest, Robert Ginsburg. Or Ginsburg. Uh, I want to let him tell you his story because he's probably a lot better at it than I am. But uh, it's, it's along the line of what I was talking about in the beginning of the show about the signs I got from my friend and, my, and, and, and seeing my dog. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting show, so uh, grab your popcorn and snacks and sit back and enjoy because we're going to learn about communicating with the, uh, those that are deceased, all right? And and how Robert got to the point where he wanted to communicate with with us, okay? All right, so here we go. Without further ado, dun, dun, dun. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Okay. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to Tell be us here. a little bit about yourself, sir. Well, I um, 20 years ago, um, I had a much different life than what I have now. I was a logical, left-brain thinker. Um, I didn't believe um, in an afterlife. Uh, I, you know, if I, got, if I got into a discussion about life after death, I would think that you're a little nuts for bringing it up because in my mind, you know, we were uh, our brains and when our brains die, you know, we die and that's it. And, you know, in the research, uh, you know, parapsychology, they refer to the study of, you know, things like life after death as parapsychology, you know, and, 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 and we talk about um, why the afterlife, they talk about survival, you know, and in my mind, so what could survive? These guys are nuts. I mean, what could possibly survive? As it turns out, um, what survives is the mind, and the mind can act independently of the physical brain. And when I say mind, you could sub substitute, substitute the word uh, consciousness or soul, or whatever you prefer to call, call it. 
But clearly, um, there are many things starting with, you know, telepathy, you know, or mind-to-mind communication that are real, that that have been tested in, in the laboratory and research has been going on for decades on that. Remote viewing, uh, distant healing, things of that nature. So once you believe that um, the mind acts in, independently of the physical brain, then life after death becomes um, plausible, if not logical, you know. Uh, so, I mean, what in my particular case, what spurred my interest was personal tragedy, uh, often uh, trauma and grief or catalysts for exploration. Uh, my, uh, uh, my daughter um, died in 2002 in, in a car accident, um, and the morning of the accident, uh, about three o'clock in the morning to be exact, uh, my wife popped up in bed when she was shaking and she was trembling. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, something horrible is going to happen today. And I said, what does that mean? Can you, can you tell me more? She said, I can't. It just something utterly devastating is going to happen today. And to make a long story short, um, I took it seriously because, you know, I, I was open-minded. I was an open-minded skeptic. And there were many times together in our lives, um, we were married a very long time, and and um, there, were, there were several instances, probably four or five, where she would have, my wife would have these precognitive uh, moments or, or whatever you want to call them, and they all turned out to be true. Every one of them exactly the way she described it, except that they were all good things. But logic told me if they if she was right then, mm-hmm. she could be right, you know, right now, and I. I let my guard down at night, um, and my son and my daughter were in, were in a car accident. My daughter didn't survive, and my son was seriously injured. And, uh, you know, after it became clear that my son was going to survive his injuries about a month later, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I remembered that morning of the accident. I said, wait a second, I, how did Fran, my wife, know? She she knew she was shaking and trembling. She, you know, so that started me on a quest of meeting with medical doctors and uh, researchers and academics um, across the country in various universities, trying to find out if there's any credible evidence um, that people can survive their own, you know, their physical death, and whether it, you know, consciousness is not dependent on the physical brain. Um, one thing led to another. I became fascinated by the abundance of evidence from many different disciplines of research, near-death experiences, deathbed visions, mediumship, reincarnation, after-death communications, electronic voice phenomena, all these things. Um, and you know what? When you talk about any one of these disciplines of research, it's easy to dismiss it but okay, it's you know it's the product of a dying brain, and you know, and it's coincidence and so forth. But if you're able to learn about all of the evidence and step back and look at it as a whole, um, it's hard to dismiss. And uh, eventually, despite me trying to um, deny it or dismiss it for seven years, uh, I eventually relented under the weight of the evidence. And of course, you know, now we have a uh, in 2004, we formed Forever Family Foundation. We have 12,000 members, and, and um, 
there's a great interest. You know, why is there a great interest for things like you were describing describing at the top of the show? People have these unexplainable um, after death communications. You know, like your dream visitation, um, like these. You know, the pizza. In, in, you know, yeah. the, the, you know, and and um, you can choose to dismiss them all. You know, as coincidence. But I think the difference is. When you have an after-death communication, attached to it comes this inner knowing. Like there was no doubt in your mind, you know, Charlotte, that this was, you know, your your person, you know, yeah. that was was coming through, as opposed to just so okay, that's nice, and here it is, you know. So you know, that's how you might differentiate the two. And of course, some things are more profound and significant than others. Yeah. Of course. And as a non-believer, like you were, what I mean, obviously your your, your wife, you know, your what happened with your wife convinced you. But from your pin, from your point of view, did something happen to you to to to, to change your mind? Well, you know, there were a lot of things. I mean, uh, the first thing that happened to me were these these dream visitations that that started happening to me. Um, I actually, um, you know, it took. A while it was probably about a a month or two went by, and I, I actually was going to visit uh, my middle daughter, who who was just started, you know, um, her college career, and we flew up to her school, and we were staying in a hotel. And while we were in the hotel, uh, my daughter, you know, uh, came to visit me in this thing, and, and the, the different the difference between dream visitations and so-called regular dreams. The regular dreams tend to be disjointed and they don't make much sense and they're anything but clear or lucid and and you don't remember them. You forget them as soon as you wake up. A dream visitation is nothing like that. I mean, you, uh, in these, uh, these dreams, I could see her, I could talk to her, I could touch her, I could hug her. And, you know, there was, I was so shaken by it in terms of, I say shaken, but really, I guess, you know, the joy of being able to communicate that my wife thought I was having a heart attack. I couldn't control my heartbeat. I was just wanted to drive me to the hospital. Um, and, you know, uh, the interesting thing about it is that I found out later um, that my she came to my wife, you know, in a dream visitation. At the same time, um, my daughter was staying in the hotel with us and she came to my daughter that same night at the same time and my son's fiance at the time was also in the hotel and she was very friendly with my daughter and my daughter came to her so here we have my daughter who was recently passed came to visit four different people hmm. at the same time which tells you something about the nature of consciousness is that um distance and time, you know, don't mean anything. Uh, there's no past, present, and future. They can appear in many different places at once, you know. Um, so that that was one of the things that um, kept me going, you know. Uh, you know, you're obviously in profound grief, um, but that gives you some degree of hope and comfort, and that spurred me on to learn more. You know, am I making this up? Is it real? Um, and so I just kept, you know, learning and, and studying. You know, when you like 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 you were talking about the dreams, uh, you can also feel their emotions. That's okay. that, that's that's what I found is that like like with the one dog that I had, 
when she came back, I could feel how happy and excited she was. She was jumping up, twisting her body, but I, but I could actually, like I said, I could actually feel that emotion from her. You know, how, how, how she felt so good and how happy she was, you know, where she yeah, was. That makes sense. I mean, you know, emotions, um, you know, if we're, we're in this other dimension, you know, when, when we, when we cross over and, and, you know, it, it may have something to do with, with frequency and, and, and vibration. Um, but we're entities essentially of thought. I mean, we have no body. You know, we do everything by thought. We can manifest things, by, you know, by thought. And one of the um, easiest things to convey are emotions, you know. So that does, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, we're usually um, communicating with people that we love, you know, and, and, and love is an emotion. And, and you know, love and, and similar emotions could be the conduit by which these things take place. Absolutely. So when you first started looking into this, you started to go to different scientists and stuff. What did they say? Were they skeptical or did you did you have to convince these guys to help you out to, to figure all this out or, or what happened? Well, of course, I, I was going to the scientists that were studying things like this. So, I, I, you know, they, so, uh, you know, um, but it's a valid point. I mean, these scientists um, fought obstacles their entire career careers. I mean, a lot of times they were ostracized by their colleagues. Uh, they weren't getting their papers published in peer reviewed journals uh, because this thing challenge the, the whole paradigm of science a challenge the education um you know if, the, if these things are true then you know the, a lot of these scientists that their, their whole upbringing and their whole education is is put to the test and where you can challenge it you know and they rebelled about it you know when it comes to a lot of um these so-called paranormal um phenomena um they uh, a lot of scientists just when you challenge them about the evidence, are you aware of this? No, they're not aware of it. They refuse to acknowledge it, you know, so, but they'll debate you, you know, without having knowledge of, of the evidence. So, you know, I was, I was um, meeting with uh, medical doctors that studied um, near-death experiences, uh, which I, I think are very, uh, very compelling when it comes to evidence of an, of an afterlife. Um, reincarnation has been studied for 50 years now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and that evidence is, is compelling. Uh, you know, we, we were, um, there's a Netflix um, docu-series called Surviving Death. Um, and, and we were featured in one of the, of the segments. And a lot of the people on the board of the foundation were also part of it. And uh, I think the first episode is all about near-death experiences, you know, and, and the last episode is on reincarnation. Those shows are good because it opens... Um, you know they get a obviously on Netflix they get a tremendous viewership so it opens up a lot of minds who have never been exposed to these things before so on that level um, I'm glad they made this series. Yeah, this is all interesting to me because like I said you know as a paranormal investigator too I mean that's what we're looking for when people you know think that they have things going on in their houses and to hear it come from people like you who well who were skeptical well, you know. I was a crime court reporter, so I was skeptical as heck too, you know, when I started getting into all this. <clears throat> but it's interesting to hear like from people like you because because you were really, really, really skeptical to it. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, this is kind of up your alley doing your investigations. But <clears throat> if you watch the Netflix series, I gave them footage of, of um, video that uh, my wife shot um, 
we were talking about my deceased daughter one evening. We were out in the car. We walked in the house. Um, and we turned on, you know, the lights in the kitchen. Um, and then after about a minute or two, we were treated to this light show. And you could watch it on, you know, in, in the series. And, and we had nine hi-hats in the kitchen, you know, and they were, you know, alternating and pulsating. And, you know, just, you know, it was, I didn't, I, I couldn't assimilate what was happening. I was just standing there watching. And it lasted about five minutes and then it stopped. And then all of a sudden it picked up again. Uh, so, you know, my, my wife immediately, uh, you know, felt that this was a sign from our daughter because we had just been talking about her and she's an entity of energy. And um, I, this was an energetic, uh, an energy type of, of occurrence. But of course, my approach is always first to rule out the physical explanation. So at nine o'clock the next morning, I had an electrician at the house and I had him take down, first I had him examine each of the nine bulbs. Then I had him take, uh, examine each of the fixtures, the nine fixtures. He didn't say anything wrong there. Then I had him take off all the light switches, you know, that controlled them. He never found anything wrong there. <clears throat> We had been living in the house at the time for 15 years. It never happened. And then we lived there afterwards for another five or seven years and never happened after that. So that's what it took for me to accept that, you know, as a sign. Right, you know? Right. So, right. you know, because I ruled out the physical, you know, explanation first. So some people like me need that. Others don't, you know, but I did. Well, I can kind of verify. I mean, the reason why I'm nodding so much is that um, when I first started out doing this and uh, we used to film a TV show, California Haunts, and uh, we used to do investigations with one of the local teams in Sacramento. And we did this house out in Roseville. And um, it was interesting because it was this, I think it was this old woman that lived in there and her, and her husband had died and she had seen apparitions of him in the house. But there were also other things going on in this house. And so we ended up in the master bedroom and they had one of those light switches, you know, that went with the dimmer on there. And we yeah. had, we, we had shut the thing off because I was standing in front of it. That's how I know, <laughs> you know, the dimmer was off It clicked and I was filming and the psychic uh, that, that, that was on scene came in contact with a, with a Spanish speaking woman. And so they started, uh, you know, she started talking to her in Spanish and asking questions. Of course we had all the recorders going. And the answers for yes and no were coming in through the light. The light was coming on by itself in answer to yes and no. And mm -hmm. I and I kept turning back because I thought, well, maybe I'm maybe I'm leaning against the switch or something. Because I'm like you, right? Right away, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm bumping the stupid switch. But I was I was about three feet away from the switch when all this was going on. And then we turned around and we got EVPs to go with it that corresponded. Right. So you got something going on there. Of course, of course, of course, we just like you, we checked the wiring to see if something was up with the switch and there wasn't, wasn't anything wrong with that switch. So what 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 he's saying is possible, guys. It, it really is possible that this stuff can go on. Yeah. And, and, and it goes back. I mean, this is nothing new. It, um, if you go back to the Victorian era, you know, and, and, and the mediums at the time um, and the wrappings and the table tilting and things of that nature, and they were responsive, you know, also similar to your situation where um, whoever was responding was responding in answer to the questions that, you know, that were asked. So, mm -hmm. Of course, there was a lot of fraud that was going on, but, sure. uh, and there's a lot of fraud today that goes on in the mediumship world. 
Um, I wrote a book about it, you know, called The Medium Explosion, because um, I estimate that there are um, 85 to 90 percent of the practicing mediums that out there today um, cannot do what they claim. But 10 to 15, but 10 to 15 percent can. Um, and it's incredible, you know, to watch them work. I mean, very, very specific evidence uh, today. um you know, what feeds this this explosion of mediums is, you know, the, the people see shows on TV, you know, and they want to be just like the medium they see on TV. They think they're going to get famous. They can make a lot of money. Um, and uh, from the fraud perspective, um, you know, mediums, especially in this age of the pandemic, they stopped doing in-person readings. So everything's done on, on uh, like Zoom platforms. Right. And, and you, you know, the medium can pull up you know, the sitter, if they have the sitter's first and last name, they could pull up their Facebook page and similar, you know, social media, and they could find out everything about the person and mm -hmm. just spit back what they're reading. You know, we've we've actually caught mediums doing that. So um, that wasn't a problem, you know, before the internet was invented, but it is right. now. So, you know, people need to know how to safeguard themselves and, think, you know, how they should, um, uh, you know, behave and react, you know, during a reading. With your organization now, because you have you know mediums in your organization, how do you ferret them out? Well, um, again, when I was meeting with with these, uh, there were scientists that were studying uh, mediumship at, at various universities uh, with research mediums, and um, I kind of picked their brains and uh, put together a uh, a medium uh, certification program. And since two thousand and five. We've been evaluating mediums under controlled conditions um, to see what you know their percentage of accuracy in, in giving information, and um, you know even in our uh, you know we we've been doing this since two thousand and five and we've only certified twenty seven mediums you know so well, you know, we have to evaluate and it's very time consuming because it's it's a, it's not a, you know doing one reading it's a series of of five different readings for trained sitters that's trained in how to score it and, um, you know, compiling the five different scoring methods and it's intense. So, and we have to evaluate, you know, 10 mediums to find one that can do it, you know, at sure. least do it an hour, you know, meet our guidelines. So there is a way of, of uh, evaluating uh, the evidence that a medium gives. And, and what we found over the years is that the mediums that we've certified have, have gone on to, have um, you know tremendous uh, careers and participate in research? It's really a problem for us because most of them become famous, and you know what happens when they become famous? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, they have waiting lists that are four years long. They charge ridiculous amounts of money, you know, and they don't want to do as many readings, you know. So that kind of, you know, we we develop the program, you know, which is free of charge as, as a the testing is, you know, as a as a resource for the bereaved, but it's not much of a resource if you call and you desperately want a reading and you say, okay, I can do it in 2026, you know? Well, my group, um, I, I've, I've had, in the past, I've had good mediums. And like you say, you don't, you know, you run into those that aren't so good. And uh, we don't, but before we go out on location, we don't tell them where we're going at all. They go in blind completely when they go in. And usually what I do is I'll have one come in in the beginning of the investigation and then another one will show up, um, you know, in the middle of the investigation. They'll trade off, but they don't talk to each other. 
and they take their separate notes and then we sit down and, and go over all that and, you know with the with the history and compare it with the history of the house and all this that goes on another thing i like to do is i like to have a remote medium read and I'll, what i'll do is i won't even give them an address i'll go take a picture of the house and let the remote medium read so then we've got three mediums doing a read and i can test the accuracy of, of you know who's going through which is how which is how we test them yeah, I understand you testing because I mean there are a lot, and like I said, we have come across a couple that were humdingers. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, and then there's the other issue involved is that there are some people that are very, very good at picking up psychic information, mind-to-mind uh -huh. you know, -mind communication from the living, um, but they can't communicate with the dead. You know, yeah. it needs to be, even though it's the same underlying mechanism. I mean, the way I look at it, mediumship is essentially mind-to-mind -mind communication, except one of the, the parties involved doesn't have a body, you know, mm -hmm. but they still have a mind. So right. essentially, so it's very hard for us to di uh, differentiate the two. Um, but from when we, uh, we're only interested in the communication with the discarnate source. Right. Because our, our interested, interest is providing evidence of, of an afterlife. Right. Um, so, um, you know, uh, some people are incredibly gifted psychically, and, and that's wonderful, and it's amazing, but doesn't prove anything about life after death. No, 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 it doesn't. I, I agree with you on that, too. So they do the testing, and uh, I'd love to see your testing. <laughs> I really would, but I don't, I know what you're testing. I'm just saying I would love to, I would love to take a look at that because I'm forever, you know, like I said, you know, like I said, I'm forever. I, I don't, I don't test per se, but my, my test is to have, like I said, you know, I've got the medium that does the remote, and she freaks me out. I'm telling you, she'll tell me what kind of wallpapers in the kitchen of these houses. Right. I'll go walk, and she'll say, "Well, you'll make a left, and you'll make a right. You'll be in the kitchen, and the wallpaper's got these—it's yellow, and it's got these little flowers on." You know, and you sit there, and you think, "Oh my God!" When you go through the house, right? You know, so that's you know that's my that's the way I do is to compare contrast. You know, yeah. she'll say, there's a, "There's a woman standing over in the corner. She's like this," and then the other medium comes in. She, you know. Maybe I'll get lucky and she'll hit on and go, oh, yeah, there's a woman standing over there. And I don't know why she's there, but she is there. You know, so it's, it's a compare thing. So it'd be interesting to see how 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 you guys. I'm always fascinated to see how other people do it. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. It, it fascinates me. Yeah, it is. And, and then and then you, know, you have an additional problem because, you know, the, the, we know that there are very proficient pe uh, people in remote remote viewing. You know, yeah. our own government and the CIA had the Stargate program. During the Cold War, we had a team of remote viewers. They would, you, uh, the CIA would give them a latitude and a longitude. That's it, and they yeah. would send their consciousness and view the site. You know, uh, you know those coordinates, and then draw accurate um, uh, drawings of, of that specific place. And sometimes they would draw something that is no longer there but existed in the past. And sometimes yeah. they'll draw something that's not here uh, now, but it it wasn't. You know, later later on so um you know that's incredible so you so a medium um that you're working with may be able to tell you the color of the wallpaper and describe it um but that may not be at that point you know communicating with the dead it's just right right right, right. No viewing, you know? right exactly exactly but it is fascinating when it does happen because yeah you know there's a chair off to the right when you walk into this room and you look down and you think oh my god there's a the chair yeah, yeah it is it is incredible freaky. I've also been on cases where that that this this the same medium, um, when we haven't had anybody available to go out, where I have been her eyes for her. 
and I've done the walkthrough with her, you know, and, and, and she's seen the, the spirit kind through, through my eyes and relate it back to me. She'll say, mm-hmm. and she gets frustrated. Don't you see her standing there in front of you? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm such yeah. a brick today, <laughs> you know, but, um, I think what you guys do is wonderful. I think it's great. And I think it, I think it should be no charge. I agree with you hundred percent. I cannot stand somebody that will go out to a house and I'm not naming people because there's people I've come in contact, like I said, you know, humdingers and they'll say, well, this is going on in your house and I can fix it for you, but it's going to cost you $300. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I, um, uh, you know, I've experienced so many things, you know, uh, many years ago, um, my next door neighbor, um, she, she knew what we did. She knew about the foundation, but not a lot, but, you know, um, and then unfortunately her husband uh, was killed in a, a construction accident and she started to go to mediums. Um, and then she approached us one time and she went to a medium along the lines of what you're talking about, who told her that her house was cursed. And for $5,000, this woman had, had means, you know, she was, uh, you know, uh, uh, well healed, you know, monetarily, mm-hmm. and for $5,000, she would remove the curse and sell her these re- curse removing candles, you know, oh, and I, and I looked at her and I said, you know, you, you're, you're an intelligent woman, you know, you, you went to college, you know, you're sharp as a tack, you know, you're very successful in business. How the hell do you, f- but I understand it because People are in grief, and when they're in grief and deep grief, they'll do anything and they'll latch on to anything. That's why a lot of crappy mediums that that sitters think are great because they'll make things fit because they they so des- desperately want to believe that yes. you know th- their loved one is communicating, and sometimes they are, but sometimes you know they're not. Um, so you have to remain when you're getting a reading, remain. Um, impartial and not let your emotions take over so, you know and, and evaluate it she also told me she had a wonderful reading from a, a very well-known medium and she asked if i would come over and listen to the recording because she recorded it which you should always do um and she told me you know the medium got my husband's you know exact name you know got his occupation got the way he died and then i listened to the to the tape uh, and, and it was filled with generalities. There was nothing specific, you know, and she she heard it completely different the way I heard it. So, you know, it's emotions are powerful. You know, they take over. I was going to ask you about that, too. I mean, have you run in in your testing to anybody that does what, what I call cryptic readings, you know, where where either say they're reading off um, tarot cards or they're reading off, you know, something else. And they're just kind of like doing general, like you say, generalized readings for people. Because I've come, I've come across that too, where people go, what? Well, they do that all the time. I mean, I could, I could give, I could give you a reading now and be 90% accurate because it's going to be general crap. I mean, so, you know, let's say you're the medium, you know, Charlotte, and, and you're giving me a reading and you, you look at me, you could size up my approximate age and so forth. You could size up a lot of things like, my accent, where I'm from, you know, my sure. ethnicity, or all that stuff. But so, if you say to me, uh, you know, Bob, I have your great grandmother here. Is your great grandmother passed? Well, shit, yeah, you know, she'd be 130, so it's a good chance that that my I have a great grandmother uh, that passed. But if the medium said to me, uh, Bob, I, 
I have your great-grandmother Rebecca here, and my great-grandmother's name was Rebecca, um, then um, even though I had to mark the prior thing as a hit because it was true, mm-hmm. now it's weighted more heavily because it's specific. And we, we uh, weight specific evidence mm-hmm. more heavily than just general stuff. And, and that's a trick that a lot of mediums will do. I mean, they'll throw out a whole bunch of general things, you know, and just hoping that you'll latch on, you know, to something. I mean, those, you know, we evaluate so many mediums that there are certain common things that are always said, you know, in every reading, you know, it's it, sometimes you just want to scream, but that's what it is. I'm picking up a name with an R right now and, um, um, yeah, it could be male or female, but it's leaning more. I don't know. It's it's, it's an R. Is there an R? Your, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. and all they'll play the alphabet game. You know, I have yeah. an R. I got a T. You know, I got a V. I got a W. And somebody's gonna, if it's in a group, somebody's gonna raise their hand. Or you know, it could be in a group of let's say 20, 30 people, and they'll say, uh, "I have a you know a gentleman uh, that passed from a heart condition." Well, you know, three or four people or five people are gonna raise their hand because it's a common you know cause of death. You know. Yeah. Or, or cancer, you know, and, and uh, but what the good mediums will do, what the evidential mediums will do, will do in a group situation is they they will paint a picture first with seven or eight pieces of specific evidence mm-hmm. and narrow it down so it would only be one person that might, you know, it might relate to. So when you and your wife decided to create this foundation, how long did it take you to, to, to find the people you needed to do it with? Well, it was, you know, we started off, um, we were going to uh, grief support groups just because we were losing our minds and we were trying to find some way to to survive the death of our daughter. And Mm -hmm. every time we were already somewhat interested in this and every time that either uh, I or or my wife would raise their hand and and bring up the subject of an afterlife, the moderator would shut us down, you know, like we committed a sin, you know, like that don't, we don't discuss that here. Our purpose is only to teach you coping mechanisms for your grief. And we, we thought that was odd because that's all that these parents wanted to talk about. What else could give them any possible relief or comfort or hope than believing that their loved one still exists? So we used to wait till the meeting was over and stand out in the parking lot, sometimes, you know, in freezing weather for an hour talking about that. And we said, you know, it has to be a, 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 a an outlet for this, you know, these safe um, groups for open discussion where people can, don't have to fear, uh, you know, being judged or labeled. So we started off just with these afterlife discussion groups and one thing led to another. And then we started a, meet with scientists and ask if they wanted to be on our board and, and um, cause we wanted to, you know, we have a, a scientific advisory board made up of all MDs and PhDs. And it's important cause we want people to recognize that there are credible people, uh, very, very smart people that um, have been convinced by the evidence that, that this, this stuff is real. Um, so, you know, from there we, um, you know, we would hold, uh, conferences we, we started a radio show in 2005 which still continues we had at one point we were publishing a magazine uh you know uh what was featured in in netflix because we let, we gave them access to come and film one of our grief retreats we hold mm-hmm. grief retreats in various parts of the country we have one out in california actually um but uh, the um at these retreats we have 
three or four of our certified mediums and we have grief professionals and we have usually a, a, a scientist and, and we give people a full uh, background of all the evidence, you know, the scientific evidence plus the mediumship evidence and, and uh, um, they have to, you know, we discuss after death communications, uh, people get some, you know, training and, you know, and grief techniques and, and, and so forth. So very powerful, you know, we don't make this a huge thing. We limit it each retreat to 50 people because we want it to be an intimate, you know, warm experience. Um, and those have been very, you know, probably the most meaningful thing that we do. We just, you know, the problem is that the demand is so great that, you know, we can't just some, you know, we're an all volunteer organization, you know, like, like, you were talking about, you know, there's, we, nobody gets paid. Everybody does this, um, you know, for free. And, and um, we just, we don't get the typical grants and funding that other not-for-profits, you right. know, get. So we rely on, you know, personal donations and so forth, but, uh, but it's, it's worked out. I mean, we're still, you know, the interest is so great that we just keep, you know, moving on. And, and last year, I think we added, 1500 new members it just shows you you know the the interest keeps growing and growing and eventually you know we encourage people to the only way we're going to change worldview about you know uh, life after death is to get people to share these experiences that they're having you know like your dream visitation and like your sign and so forth and uh, once people's you know once it comes out of the shadows and into the mainstream it becomes more acceptable which has a cascading effect, you know, there'll be more funding for research and so forth. Well, I think like you say, it's going to take groups like yours because you do have verifiable psychics, you know, the mediums that are doing this stuff, you know, it's not going to take people that are willy nilly. I mean, like, like I try to verify with my mediums as much as I can. I, I, I have a saying that uh, during investigations and, it's, and sometimes you, you, you take it as a horrible saying, but if my, if the medium is talking to a client, and the client breaks out in tears. They've hit a home run. You know? Yeah. And uh, that's because they've hit they've hit on something that is so personal that only the client knows it, you know, about their family member. And and, and that's why you got the tears going. And, and I know it sounds weird. You know, where I'll, I'll look at somebody else and go, well, she did it. She, you know, she, she nailed it. But, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing you're looking for. You're not looking for this willy-nilly crap where they're, where they're just throw, throwing out ideas because they're looking at pictures. I find, you know, the dead files for what it's worth is, is I'm not going to say a lot about it, but the other thing I like about the only thing I like about what they, what, what she does is when they go in, any photos in the house are turned around so that she can't see the photos. Yeah. And I'm, I'm starting to get into that practice with, with my own team. And I think that's something too, because you don't want a photo that's going to lead them onto something either, like, like especially if they're in a you know a crowd situation or anything like that. So, it's important. I mean, I've seen you know sitters, you know, walk into a reading with a medium. They're sitting in front of the medium, and, and they're wearing a pendant on their neck mm -hmm. with a picture of their deceased loved one. Wouldn't you rather the medium get up, bring through your deceased loved one, than right. you showing you know? Um, that's like the same the same thing. Sometimes mediums will they'll sit, they'll meet with a sitter and they'll say, uh, "Who would you like to me to contact?" Yeah. No, you know, you tell me who's coming in. You know, I'm not going to tell you. You know, so 
you know, there's all sorts of, uh, of, of cues, like, um, like the photos that people right. can pick. And sometimes they don't, sometimes they don't, they don't do it to be fraudulent. You know, they just do it, um, you know, subconsciously, you know, mediums, yeah. uh, they like to give the perception of always, you know, giving hit after hit after hit. And they get a little uneasy if there's, if the information stops flowing for a while and it's, it, it's understandable. I mean, uh-huh. it's not a telephone line. It's gotta be, they have to receive the information uh, and then be able to interpret the information and put it into words that you'll recognize, you know, where they get into trouble is they start interpreting um, the information based upon their own frame of reference. And then it loses it. You know, medium should just give it like they get it, you know, right. get something. Right. The sitter will understand it. If even if it's something obscure, just say it. You know, don't the try other thing I found too on these investigations is not every. It's like anybody else. I I like you. You know, we're talking back and forth, but I may not. And, and I don't know your wife, so don't take it the wrong way. But I may not like your wife. So who am I going to talk to during an investigation? It's going yeah. to be you. And so what people have to understand too is not their their loved one may not for that particular medium. Their loved one may not come out and talk to them because that just may be a personality thing that they don't like, you know, that, that, that they don't like. That's true. It's not going to talk to that person. Just like I know from talking to some of the mediums on my team, like you talk about the information and just spewing it out. Yeah, because they, they get it so fast when it does come in. So that's why sometimes they will sound choppy, you know, when they're coming in. It's accurate, but it's choppy. Yeah, yeah. And mediums have all different sorts of, of styles. And what I've noticed over the years is that um, most times the style in which they communicate information matches their own personality. Yeah. You know, mediums that tend to be, you know, pistols and you know, energetic and all the places that they kind of give information like rapid fire and others that are more reserved, uh, you know, on, on the shy side, give information that way. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, um, it's just, the way that they they do it i could laugh because i had one for the first couple of years of my team who had the personality a uh, personality like bet midler yeah <laughs> and we it was like hold on and she starts getting stuff strap in and hold on because you don't know what's coming out of that mouth you know that's right yeah. but she was really good but boy some of the stuff we just like <gasps> you know yeah. take a breath take a breath yeah I just love what you guys do. I think it's I think it's wonderful that you put this together for people. I really do. Because really, like you say, I mean, most people that are looking for help to talk to loved ones, they're going to run into these these mediums that are charging up the Kazanga. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's an issue. That's why we're trying to identify, you know, more mediums that, that um, you know, look, there are thousands upon thousands of thousands of mediums around the world. I mean, we've, we've only got 27, uh, but, um, you know, I wish that more mediums would approach us. You know, we, we can't solicit other mediums. It kind of messes with the integrity of the program, but if they come to us, we would love to be able to evaluate and identify more of these wonderful mediums, you know, at the same time, um, uh, I think our job is to weed out the ones that can't, you know, because, um, you know, sometimes I'll say to a sitter after the reading, after they send in their scores, you know, would you want your best friend, you know, to pay this medium, you know, 500 hours, you know, um, when she's in deep grief, you know, yes or no, you know, uh, because that, that's really the, 
the bottom line. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people, there are no um, regulatory, unlike almost every other profession, there's no, there are no proficiency guidelines. Uh, there's no standards of ethics. Uh, there is no licensing requirements, you know, and these are people, mediums are dealing with people. Some of them are just hanging on by, you know, by a thread because they're in such, they don't know whether it is an afterlife or not. Their grief is profound. And, and if you're in that state of mind uh, and emotion um, and you go to a medium and you get a fraudulent or a terrible reading, you're going to walk away from that reading in worse condition than when you went there, which kind of defeats the purpose. So we take it very, very seriously. And mediums have to understand that what they do comes with a tremendous amount of, of responsibility. So how do people essentially get a hold of you guys for a reading? Well, I mean, we don't, we don't control. Um, okay. I mean, our, our involvement is only to certify them. You know, once they're certified, we put them up on our website. They can't, nobody can pay us to, you know, go up on the website with the links to, you know, to, to the medium. Um, but people uh, on our website, which is foreverfamilyfoundation.org, one of the, the tabs is certified mediums and all the mediums that we've certified over the years appear, you know, on that page. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm just boggled. In fact, I, I was looking at your website. I just find it, ter- like I said, I keep saying this over and over, but I find it terrific what you're doing. I do. Yeah, you know, well, I appreciate that. It's great. Say, I mean, yeah. we, like I said, we try to do that with the work we do and make sure we have, you know, good good mediums working with us too, because we don't want to go out and and flim flam somebody. That's not what we want to do as a team. Right. And well, uh, I'm so, glad I'm glad you're 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 very responsible about that the way it should be. I'm very funny, but I'm very fussy. In fact, we have we even have guidelines that we write down that they have to follow during investigations yeah. and stuff. Good for you. You know, because I'm very fussy about that. Um, how long did it take you? You know, to Get these guys, the ones that, that you work with, because obviously there's going to be turnover too. You know, with, like you say, you know, they do it for a while and they start getting a name for themselves and they move on and, or whatever. But to get everything really up and running, you know, for, for your foundation, how long did all that take? Um, well, you know, it was it's a process. We just kept adding on and on. And we started, I think we incorporated in 2003 and we started rolling in 2004. And we just kept plugging in the pieces, you know, okay, now let's do this. Let's add this. Let's add this. I'm at the phase now, um, uh, in my wife passed away uh, in, in 2020. Um, and she was the, the, the back, really the, the whole backbone of the organization. So there are just um, some things I couldn't keep up with. So, you know, I, I took the most important things and we just, you know, we're expanding upon those and things that are just too much work. I think with, you know, like the magazine, we stopped publishing because that's a, a huge expense and a huge undertaking and not doing that anymore. But now we're, but we've added more grief retreats, you know, and, you know, we've added more of the, you know, radio show formats. And so, um, you know, our outreach, uh, growing membership and membership is free in the foundation. You know, people, um, we don't want to deprive anybody of information, you know, because of money, mm-hmm. but yet like you, I mean, you, you still have bills to pay, you know, so right. we do, we, we do certain things with donations. We have uh, sometimes mediums donate uh, readings and we hold the raffle fundraisers, you know, to win readings with the mediums. And, um, you know, even though most of the events are 
on a break-even basis. You know, we'll do webinars and make some money there. So it, it you know, with the, fortunately, people have been, you know, generous and keeping us going. You know, I've been, you know, my wife used to say that every time we were running low, you know, in, in funds, the universe would step in and would get a large donor or something. It always happened, you know. So, right. Uh, you know, just the way things work out. Wow. Um. Yeah, you're so you're you're so much like we want to be as far as our our, our medium staff goes. You know, for for my ghost team, and I, I just like I said, I just totally admire you. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna become a member on your site because I really want to keep an eye on what you guys are doing. I, you know, I want to watch that. Well, I appreciate that. Well, you know, the the president of our foundation is Lloyd Auerbach, and he, you know, he, awesome. you my know, buddy. Okay. Yeah. So Lloyd, um, uh, obviously, um, you know, his expertise. I mean, he's a parapsychologist, and you know, but, he's, but uh, obviously, his his main uh, area of interest is in apparitions and mm -hmm. you know, paranormal phenomena. But he's also well versed in in the scientific uh, you know literature. As a matter of fact, a lot of the scientists that we work with love to get Lloyd involved in their when they devise uh, devise a their research because Lloyd knows all the tricks. <laughs> so, he, you know, so, he, so he could, he could point out the pitfalls. In it. He is the man. Yeah. How long have you got, have you been doing this? I, I know you and your wife started this. So um, how, how long have you been doing, put this together and get it really up, up and rolling really well? Well, we've been doing it since 2004. So it's, okay. you know, it's, we're at 18 years now. Um, Lots you know, of and, uh, you know we, when we started doing it, um, there weren't that many people doing this. I mean, we, we held a, a conference in San Francisco in 2000 and I'm bad with years, but I don't know. It was, maybe it was 2006 or 2007. I don't remember, but, you know, we invited um, every, you know, major scientists, you know, to, to come together and a couple of mediums to have this, you know, huge, you know, conference. Um, and then we were holding annual conferences every year in different parts of the country. Now I find I'm not really motivated to do that because, you know, you know, with Zoom and these other platforms, you know, I could reach more people yeah. without the expense. <laughs> you know, I don't really see the value. Grief retreats we can't do online. That's right. you need physical um, uh, interaction. But um, the other things uh, I gave that up. I agree with you, though. I mean, I do a lot of classes online now, you know, more so than I used to back in the old days. And plus the explosion. And I remember, um, you know, when I first started doing this, even in Sacramento, there were only three ghost teams here doing stuff. And now, my God, you can't even count them on your on, on your fingers. There's so many people. And TV had a lot to do with that. I mean, TV caused this huge explosion. And like you said earlier about the mediums, that's why there's been a lot of interest in mediums and people thinking, I'm not going to say, well, yeah, I'm going to say it. people thinking that they have those abilities because they see it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else, you know, that there are, there are good and bad mediums and even, you know, paranormal, how many gr paranormal groups have you come across that are, oh gosh. you know, I mean, you know, so there are standards and everything There's you know, there's good and bad in every profession and every endeavor, you know? Do you run into mediums that have seen this stuff on TV and 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 think that, that they can do the job without even, you know, without even having any formal training or having any abilities as they were growing up or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we weed them out pretty quickly, you know. I mean, you know, first they send us um, 
uh, they, an email expressing their interests, but then we send them out a bunch of questions to see how they answer it. You know, then there's an, a, there's an extensive eight page um, application. Right on. Um, nine, nine out of 10 uh, people, when they, after they see the application, they just give up because they thought they were going to send us a hundred bucks and get a, a certificate in the mail. You know, it doesn't work <laughs> that way. And, um, but, you know, then after the, it's the application is reviewed by a committee, then an interview, a very extensive interview is set up before they ever get to the point of being evaluated, you know, and then, you know, and then, you know, as I said, only, you know, one out of 10 actually gain certification after going through it. So it's, um, it's a, it's a comprehensive, you know, you're not going to make it through a gain certification if you don't, um, if you're not really, really proficient at this stuff. Jerry asks, are there going to be any uh, retreats in California in the near future? Yeah, right now we're accepting uh, reservations for our October retreat in, uh, in, near, in San Jose in Silicon Valley. Um, and that's um, in October. Um, the, we have a retreat in July in Connecticut. Um, that's... <laughs> the retreat sold out seven hours after we announced it, you know, so, uh, but we just announced October and that's half filled, but there's still, so the, so that's October. The, the dates are on our website on the, the event page. So, so um, what happens at a retreat? Um, you know, people arrive there um, in all different stages of grief. I mean, almost everybody that's there has lost somebody and they're looking for, you know, some people are just curious, but, most people are bereaved in some, to some degree, um, and and they you know they have um, breakout sessions with you know these these great mediums are there and you know in small groups uh, there are general you know demonstrations. Um, there's a um, uh, Dr. Mohana um, uh, does does two wonderful presentations about you know the nature of grief and techniques and. She's also trained in induced after-death communication. She talks about that stuff. Um, I usually give a talk about evidence of, of an afterlife. We discuss uh, discuss signs, you know, that people get in communication. Um, you know, at some of our retreats, um, like in Connecticut, they have a labyrinth that we walk, and you know, bonfires, and we have uh, we have uh, metaphysical practitioners that teach meditation. We have one in that's coming to Connecticut that's doing uh, shamanic breath work. Nice. We expose them to everything. Uh, and our hope is that some of what they learn um, will open them up to direct personal communication um, and not need a medium, you know. Uh, but we have seen, and that's why we keep doing it, we see people that come, they arrive on Friday and they can barely speak. You know, their grief is so profound. And they leave Sunday night and, and they're smiling and they're talking and um, and there really is a transformation that takes place because they, you know, maybe they received a really evidential medium reading or maybe something clicks and, and they're among other people that are experiencing the same things that they're experiencing and they learn that they're not crazy. And um, so it's, it's just a total experience, you know, that goes on from Friday to, to, to Sunday and, uh, like I said, I think we think it's very important work, and we're just going to keep doing it and expanding upon that. The problem is I don't have enough mediums 
to, <laughs> to have more retreats because uh, they're just, you know, we have a limited number. That's why that's another reason we need more qualified mediums. I understand that completely too. What do you say to people that uh, maybe don't believe in what you do? We don't try to convince anybody. You know, our job is 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 um, is to educate the public, to educate the public to what's out there. We we don't conduct research on our own. We um, tell people about the established research and the evidence, and people form their own opinion. Look, a lot of people um, have a lot of fear about things that that they can't perceive with their own senses. A fear of the unknown. Uh, there are people that have uh, deep religious convictions and, you know, they're told that they're not supposed to be doing this stuff. And, you know, there are a lot of obstacles that we faced. I think it's getting better than when we first started. Mm -hmm. uh, there used to be people that call us on the phone and they were whispering. And, what, you know, my wife used to say to them, like, why are you whispering? You know, speak up so I could hear you. And it turns out they're whispering because they live in the Bible Belt and God yeah, forbid somebody would hear their conversation. They'd be shunned, you know, and that's... You know, it's, when you think about it, it's sad, you know, that uh, people have to feel that way. It is sad. And I, I, I completely understand it. I run into um, cases. Uh, we had one out here. It was a Jehovah Witness that was having paranormal activity in her house. And she couldn't wrap her head around it, you know, because of the way that religion is. So yeah. it took a lot of convincing. And, it's, and I hate having to, you know, it's, it's horrible when you have to convince somebody and go, look, I understand this isn't any religion, but you are experiencing stuff. How, how do you want to explain that when you're experiencing yeah. the stuff, even though your religion says this? Yeah. Oddly enough, one of the mediums certified by our foundation, she has for many, many years, is a former Catholic nun. So okay. that, that's a big, that's a big that's transition. Huge. Yeah. She just couldn't, um, you know, she couldn't deal with um, not being able to talk about it within the, you know, the, the convent and so forth. And then what she did is she opened up her own spiritual church um, where they do, you know, mediumship readings and so forth. And she's a wonderful um, medium. Her name is Janet Nohavik, very evidential medium. But, you know, it's great when I have, when, when people that are um, conflicted about how they can, you know, how this, you know, how they can incorporate this stuff and reason it out with their religious views. So go go talk to Janet. You know, she's a perfect one to talk to because she she walks the walk. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you, how, how long has your wife been gone? Um, September of two, about a year and a half. September of two thousand and twenty. Yeah. So now that you've kind of taken over things on your own. Do you think she's she's happy with with the with, with what you're continuing to do? I hope so. Um, <laughs> I hope so. I mean, you know, she suffered with a horrible illness, um, and um, you know, I I didn't have a chance to have a lot of deep conversations with her because we were just concentrating on her keeping the right frame of mind, you know, and we were doing all sorts of different things. Uh, but we did identify, did manage to have a couple of conversations with her about um, what she thought um, we should continue with, you know, and, she, and look, she knew that I wasn't going to be able to do everything that we were doing. She said, just do the best you can. These are the things I'd like to see continued. And we're just following, you know, she um, was very smart and very analytical and, and very creative and she put all the pieces into place. So it's really not that difficult. I'm just plugging in 
the pieces to the framework that she, you know, that she put into, into place. So, I mean, her legacy, you know, will continue in that regard. What makes um, your retreat stand out from, say, uh, somebody else that does similar stuff? I don't know of anybody that does similar stuff okay. to this. I mean, there are there are grief retreats and there are different types of retreats, but this is kind of incorporates everything. I mean, they you know they they don't have the you know the caliber of of mediums and they don't have the scientists and they don't have you know they don't put it together as a whole experience. Um, so it's very hard. I mean, to, for, for people to, to, to duplicate that, you know, I mean, if they can, that would be great, but, um, you know, each retreat, even though they're relatively small in terms of the number of people, it takes a lot of work and planning. I mean, you still have to negotiate and find the venues and all the, you know, transportation and, uh, the room and board and everything for all the presenters and, and, and the logistics and, and making sure it's a well-rounded program. So, you know, fortunately we have a good core of, of volunteers that have been with us a long time um, uh, that work, you know, for no pay. I mean, all the presenters, even the scientists and the mediums, they come to this thing and they don't charge us for their time. They do it just to help people. Um, so uh, that's sort of how they give back to us, you know? So then um, it works out for the, for the attendees, you know, we want to try to keep it, as affordable as possible, but, you know, even, you know, when they're in these retreat centers or the hotels, especially in California, they're expensive as you well know, you know? So, I mean, the, the, uh, we, we try to keep the, the price as close to our cost as possible. Tell me about your radio show. We started airing it in 2005, uh, called signs of life. You know, at the beginning, um, I was doing it. It's it's once a week, and so I was doing all the interviews, you know, four or five interviews a month, um, and I did that for many years. And it was after a while, it was so overwhelming because I would have to read four to five books a month, you know, which is a lot to read a book a week. And I would not interview anybody unless I was familiar with their their, their book. And a lot of the people we were interviewing were scientists, and I'm not a scientist, so I had a sound somewhat intelligence, I, I would make sure that I read the book. Um, so eventually, um, so we do so many different things that we we started different formats. You know, we started a, a show called Mediums and Messages where people, you know, we have a different certified medium come on every week and they'll do readings for people that call in, you know, small readings. And then we have an interview show where certified mediums are People can ask questions about how they work and about about mediumship. We have a discussion show called The Gathering that I, I'm a co-host of, and people call in with their questions, and we just tackle. We have discussions, and listeners call in, and we talk about you know their questions. And then we have another format where people call in with personal experiences they have. So um, it's great uh, because it's you know a wide variety of of of, of shows and. I don't, quite frankly, I don't have to do them all, which I love. <laughs> so. Fantastic. This hour has blown by. I've learned so much from you. I want to stay in touch with you because we, we have similar philosophies where this My stuff's question. concerned. Yeah. And, and I think it's marvelous. At some point, maybe you can come back on and talk to us some more about this stuff. But like sure. I said, I, I, want to, I, I want to pick your brain. Okay. <laughs> Not in this format. Because like um, we're kind of in a rebuild mode right now because of COVID, so now I'm starting to re rebuild my medium staff, you know. So mm -hmm. I want to try and 
get the questions like you have your questionnaire and figure out you know what 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 are what's appropriate to ask and not and, and, and not appropriate to ask yeah, that makes any sense you know, yeah, keep, keep in touch great to you you do and i want to thank you for coming on you're welcome thanks for having me you know i really appreciate it and uh i wish you all the luck in the world and and what you're doing and uh, i just think it's great thanks thank you so much thank is you there so anything much. else you would like to tell everybody before we no, if, if people are interested um, in the work that we do, they go on the foundation website, which is foreverfamilyfoundation.org. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I also write a personal blog on beyondthefivesenses.com. Um, and the book, you've, which you graciously mentioned, was uh, The Medium Explosion. Uh, so that uh, people, if they want to contact me, they can. Uh, my email address is robert at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. Be happy to, to answer any questions. All right, sir. Well, thank you very much, and thank uh, you. You have a good rest of the evening. You and too. Again, I'll I'll shoot you a couple emails. I really cool. enjoyed this, and I hope to get you back on. But like I said, I like I'd like to ask you some other stuff too off the air. You know about uh, setting up the my new staff a little bit okay. here. You know to okay. make sure that I'm getting that ones that are too legit to quit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you have All a good right. one, Robert. Thank you All so you much. You too. Take care. All right, push the button. There we go. Well, that was great. Um, I, you know, I love it when I run into somebody that has a similar philosophy to what we have. And I think what he's doing with that foundation is fantastic. I usually don't put an opinion on these things, but I really think what they're doing is fan fantastic. You know, they don't charge for their services, and that's the way it should be. And you know, and, and all that. So I want to thank him for coming on. Tomorrow we're kind of shifting gear. Sally and Monty is going to be with us. Um, she she writes a lot of books, and one of the books she wrote uh, that that just came out is the story of her first husband and how her life turned out. And, and and the link to it all is that she had paranormal premonitions that led her to find this particular person to marry, and her and her life started panning out from there. So um, she's going to be with us tomorrow at six thirty p.m. usual time, right here, right now. Well, not right now, but right here tomorrow, same time. But uh, I want to thank everybody for attending tonight tonight's show. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say enough about you guys. I mean, our, our download numbers are up, and I hope they keep going up. Uh, the only thing I'd like is to get, as usual, I'd like to get, you know, as many subscribers as possible. All right? Um, I'm going to start um, reviewing equipment. And it's going to be a separate thing from the radio show, obviously, but there'll be like little mini shows to review different uh, pieces of paranormal equipment that's going to be coming up. Probably have the first one done by the end of the week or in the next week, but we're going to be doing that. Uh, again, you can find us at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. And uh, the front usually has the, mo the most current video. If you have trouble finding us on YouTube, the best way to do is to go to the radio website, click on the front video, and that will take you directly to the YouTube site because sometimes it doesn't come up. So the best way to try and find us is to type in California Haunts Radio on YouTube. And hopefully <laughs> we'll come up. But you never know, okay? Because uh, our actual uh, URL for YouTube is California Haunts. But it, it gets kind of dicey. Uh, if you like the show, <clears throat> excuse me, share it with five people. If you hated the show, please share it with five people. Like I said, we're looking to get as many subscribers as possible. So uh, the, you know, the more people you share with, uh, the more chance that they're going to like what they hear and subscribe. We've got a lot of guests like this gentleman 
you know, from the past that, that have been on. And, and, and we have a, a variety of topics. I'm a, like I said, I'm a journalist, photojournalist uh, by trade. And so I just don't concentrate on paranormal topics. I concentrate on other stuff as well. You know, true crime and, 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 and different things, you know, true crime, health, you name it. That's what we concentrate on. And so, um, you know, you can find almost anything, you know, as far as topic goes. You know, if, if you're looking, like, you know, to learn how to eat right or, or you've, you've been sick and you're trying to find out how to feel better, we have topics about that, you know. I'm also going to be teaching meditation very soon here. And I don't know if it's going to be on this channel. I probably will be. But I'm going to be doing some meditations for everybody and uh, get everybody involved in that because meditation is a huge part of well-being. And so I, I can teach you that, you know. So um, I'm excited about that. But again, I want to thank you guys for coming. And as I said earlier, uh, we are a nonprofit organization. And everything you see here, except for me, see, everything you see here, mics, uh, the lighting, the, com the, the, the computer, the cameras, uh, the internet, the stream yard, and all that to, to do the show comes out of my personal pocket. So if something breaks, like we use uh, Focusrite Scarlet to channel our mics through, if something breaks, I have to pay for it to get it back up and running and keep the show on the air. So I would really appreciate a uh, donation if, if you can spare it. You know, it doesn't have to be a lot, but just so I can keep things going here. And you can do that at paypal.me at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, how about Venmo? You just go into Venmo and type in California Haunts. You can do it from there. But like I said, I would really appreciate it because I really want to keep doing this. This is what I do. I enjoy doing it. I, you know, it took me about a year to hit my stride. You'll see some of the earlier interviews and they're awkward, kind of, because I'm not, you know, as, as a newspaper journalist, we're, we're all not used to being on camera. So it took me a year to get used to, look at, to looking at myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we do have a podcast for those of you that, that don't, that, you know, are driving around in your cars. We have a podcast. We're everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're you know we're on iHeartRadio. We're on TuneIn. We're, we're on all that stuff. All you got to do is Google California Haunts Radio, and we'll pop right up. We're even on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out. So you know, uh, I usually upload the podcast these shows right after. As soon as I get off here, I'll take a, a five minute breather and I'll I'll, I'll get it uploaded to rss.com. In fact, the actual podcast for the podcast page itself is rss.com. It's over at rss.com, California Haunts Radio. So you can find us over there as well. So, I mean, we're, we're everywhere. We're everywhere, everywhere you could possibly want to go. If you want to drive your car and listen to us, listen to the podcast. You don't have to listen on YouTube. Just listen to the podcast. Anyway, thank you guys very much. I will see you tomorrow, and have a good evening. And I'm going to go ahead and show his information and where you can get the book, okay? So, websites is foreverfamilyfoundation.org. And, of course, the book is The Medium Explosion. And, yes, I agree with him. There was a huge, after the TV show started to come out, there was a huge explosion. of Everybody and their brother thought they were psychic. And, of course, you can get the book at Amazon.com. And once again, thank you guys for coming. I will be here tomorrow, and I hope you're here tomorrow as well. Because it's going to be an interesting interview with Sally Ann Monty. 
So I will see you. Have a good evening.